Welcome to Balance Banter. I'm your host, Christy Langle, certified exercise physiologist, owner of ChristyLangle.com, and survivor of an all-or-nothing lifestyle. Whether you're a motivated career woman or a stay-at-home mom of four, I'll be there to support you in all things in balance. We'll talk mindset, workouts, nutrition, healthy habits, and more. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 12 of Balance Banter. So today we're going to talk about why you should care less about your BMI. But first, before we dive into it, if you guys could make sure to click the plus sign at the top right of your screen so you can follow along with the Balance Banter episodes. Every two weeks, we're bringing you new content and we want to make sure you're getting notified of all new episodes. So click that follow button on the top right and make sure to leave a review at the end of this episode. All right, so why you should care less about your BMI. So first of all, what the heck is the BMI? So I have a lot of people that come to me for coaching or they've signed up for um, my balance workouts and they're like, my doctor said that my BMI is too high and they want me to weigh X amount. Um, and the doctor basically just gives them this number in their head, like that, that this goal that they want them to strive for based on this BMI scale. So the BMI body mass index, I should say. I don't think I clarified that yet. So BMI stands for your body mass index. It was developed in the 1830s by Adolf, and I'm going to mess this up, Quitalette, I think you pronounce it, by Adolf Quitalette back in the 1830s. So that right there just shows you that fact that it's a pretty ancient scale. It was created a very long time ago um, to estimate the severity of obesity. But fast forward, we are in 2023, right? Um, we are still using this scale. Well, doctors, I should say, mostly are using this scale. Um, insurance companies are using this scale. Um, and as I mentioned, it's super dated and you really shouldn't put too much weight into it. And I'm going to tell you why. So all the BMI is, is a ratio between your height and your weight. So it's technically the most, um, efficient way to do it is your kilograms, your weight in kilograms divided by your height in meters squared. So um, it's a, a whole calculation. It's pretty easy to calculate your BMI just um, by plugging it into um, some websites have like the calculators there. Um, you can also just check it based on like these graphs that they have. Um, but as I mentioned, all it is is a ratio between your height and your weight. And doctors are using it. They're putting a lot, a lot of weight on it um, that you should be a certain number based on this scale. But in my professional opinion, I think it's pretty much time that we get rid of it. So 
don't get me wrong. I think it's a good base to kind of like maybe see approximately where you are in terms of like your height and your weight approximately like on average how much you should weigh in terms of health stratification. But it's really not a make or break. And I have a bunch of reasons why I want you to start to care a little bit less about it despite what your doctor says. So first, um, the big the big take home here is that, like I said, BMI is just a ratio between height and your weight, but it does not take bone density or muscle mass into account. So I remember back in college when I was going to school for exercise physiology, I was reading this article about this football player that was like top athlete running back on some uh, football team pro totally um, in like impeccable shape. And he was trying to make it public that he was being denied health insurance due to his high BMI. So football players, they're super strong, um, big guys, mostly sometimes girls, um, but they're, they're big individuals. And this BMI scale, when you just take their height into and weight into account, they typically come up in, on the obese scale. So they're being denied insurance despite the fact that they are in tip-top shape. So they have dense, large bone structures um, that cause them to be heavier. They have a ton of muscle mass on them, which muscle mass is way more dense than body fat is. So even though these individuals are heavy on a scale, in comparison to their weight, they are not by any means um, at risk of heart attack and things like that. They're some of the most um, athletic and healthy people out there. So that's the biggest take home, I would say, is that the BMI does not take those in, does not factor in um, body size or genetics or bone density or muscle mass or anything along those lines. So if you are exercising um, and you maybe have a larger um, bone structure and bone density, then you might be heavier on this BMI scale, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you are in poor health. Um, so the second reason reason that I think we should get rid of it or care less about it. Um, it doesn't necessarily rank your health stratification. So it is, yes, an overweight scale or um, obesity scale. But when someone is like in this red range and they are um, labeled with this uh, like obese term, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that this person is unhealthy. I mean, everyone out there that's listening right now could think of someone in their life that is super skinny, like probably one of the smallest people they know, but they are probably one of the most unhealthy people that you know. So just because someone isn't necessarily overweight doesn't mean they are any healthier that some, than someone who is carrying more weight on them. And don't get me wrong, we all know, obviously, the more body fat you have, the higher risk you are for heart disease and things like that. But your weight just on that scale and being labeled with this obese term doesn't necessarily mean that you are high health risk. And it doesn't mean that you are any less high health risk if you are, say, in the normal range and you're not considered overweight or obese kind of thing. 
All right. Another reason that I want you to care less about it is that there is some discrepancy with individuals who are really, really tiny, like super short, maybe like four, 10 to five foot tall. Um, and with people being super tall on the BMI scale. So there's some discrepancy with the calculation where a lot of times people who are super short, um, they their weight on the scale stratifies as being like super underweight um, or, or much like lighter than they think they should be um, based on this scale. And in, in, in vice versa, people who are super, super tall, um, they are stratified into this super obese category, um, despite the fact that they are super tall. Um, so it might say like, I'm six foot three, but I'm supposed to weigh 180. Like to me, that's like super low for someone who is six, three, like they should be weighing over 200 in my opinion, especially if it's, especially if it's a gentleman. Um, so there's some discrepancy in terms of like the super short people and those who are super tall, um, that it gets a little wonky on those ends of the scale. Um, the other part of it is that the, um, the numbers on the table basically give a lot of people an unhealthy or I should say unrealistic weight goal for their body. So I'm going to bring my dad into this picture here. So every time my dad went to the doctor, um, the doctor would always say that he should weigh, I think they would say 170 was the number. And my dad would always say, I haven't weighed 170 since high school. <laughs> and don't get me wrong. Um, my dad has gained and lost weight over the years and whatnot. But um, when he was really, really into the gym, he was coming to my home gym in New York um, and he was watching what he ate and he really was like lean and mean. He was still like 190 and the healthiest he had ever been. But he felt like he needed to lose more weight because of this scale that the and the number that the doctor gave him and he had it in his head that you know he just he wasn't where he's supposed to be. And in my opinion, professionally, my, my dad is, has a bigger bone structure. Um, he's got dense bones, I'm sure. He's what has what I call like natural dad strength. He's got um, muscle mass on him like crazy, um, whether he's working out at that time or not. So to me, that 170 goal for him, totally unrealistic. And that makes it feel like those goals are unachievable and like that you're still overweight. And it just gives you a false sense of um, like insecurity because, but it's really not true. And then the last part that I really don't like is the labeling. So labeling yourself, like the doctor labeling you overweight or the doctor labeling you obese and like looking at this scale and like seeing how much you weigh and looking and seeing this big red box that like you fit into this red, bad, obese box kind of thing. So there's a lot of like feelings of shame and guilt that go along with the label of the BMI scale. And I just don't even bother with it anymore. And like I said, it's a great place to maybe get a gauge of approximately and like take it with a grain of salt kind of thing. But it's an ancient scale. And in, there's a lot more factors that go into it. 
So it's important that we try to care a little bit less about this BMI scale. So what do I focus on with my clients um, instead of the BMI and instead of weight in general? So I really try to get my clients to stay off the scale. I really want them to have nothing to do and just dismiss with a BMI. Um, we like to focus on different measurements or metrics. Um, we use circumference measurements to track a lot of our stuff. Um, so a better way to track your, say, health stratification or if you're improving your health based on, say, weight loss, despite what the scale might say, despite what the BMI ratio might be. Um, but another way to focus on your health stratification would be the waist to hip ratio. So what you do is take a measurement of the smallest part of your waist and then measure the widest part of your hips and then divide your waist by the hips and you will get a number. So for women, we want to shoot to get this number under 0.8 to be a healthy wrist stratification for heart health um, and heart, cardiac issues and things like that. Um, for men, we want it to be under 1.0. Um, so where this ratio is a little bit better of an analysis, in my opinion, is if you are holding excess weight, where are you holding it? So if you're holding the excess weight in your waist, you're likely holding subcutaneous fat like around all your organs that need to help keep you um, healthy and strong. So if you're holding your weight in your midsection, you're putting more pressure on your heart and your lungs and your liver and your digestive tract and all the things like think about your waist area. Like that's where all your good stuff is, your important stuff is. So if we're holding all of our weight in that middle area, we're likely going to run into more trouble. Okay. So that's why I like to focus on that waist to hip ratio and really prioritize that it doesn't matter what my height um, or my weight is. It doesn't matter what that BMI scale is. It matters like kind of like the distribution of the weight more so to decide if you are getting healthier on your weight loss journey or not. And typically I recommend um, if you are like super motivated, you're really following your nutrition, you're doing those balanced workouts four to five days per week, I would reassess your waist to hip ratio every six or so weeks. Um, if you're more in like a um, cruising, just trying to stay consistent, trying to stay survive kind of situation, um, then maybe measure every 12 weeks. So like every three months, just check in, see if you're improving um, in a way healthier mindset um, revolved around the waist to hip ratio. Other ways that you can dismiss the BMI um, and really decide what your health um, stratification looks like is actually getting your body fat percentage. So figuring out what percent of your total weight is actually body fat. So figuring out that number um, in terms of health stratification is way more um, informative than, say, the BMI, but it is a little harder to figure out and not something that everybody has access to and really not necessary. Um, if your waist to hip ratio is in the right range, you are exercising, you are eating well, not important. But for information purposes, there are three ways that you can test your body fat percentage. Um, 
pretty reasonably. So the BIA is the first one, and that stands for a bioelectrical impedance analysis. Some of you may have seen these like little handheld machines that you squeeze with your fingers and or your palms, I should say. You enter all your information and it gives you a number. So the BIA is not um, perfect by any means. Um, hydration is a huge factor of how it gets measured, um, but it will give you an idea approximately what your body fat percentage is. Um, another way is having a skin fold test done. So actually having someone who contains um, calipers, which and making sure they're calibrated and they actually um, pinch your skin in seven different spots on your area where you're likely to hold body fat and measure the um, centimeters of those skin folds. And it's a super crazy uh, intense calculation. <laughs> but you'll come up with what percentage of your total weight, what what are the amount of pounds that are just body fat versus lean body mass, which is your good stuff. Um, the most detail, like the most um, accurate way, I would say, not detailed, but accurate way that you can test your body fat. Um, I would love to be able to do this at some point if I could, If but they're not um, around in many places, but it's something called a dunk test. So you actually take your body um, and you fully submerge in water and, you know, again, a total calculation um, to really see what, um, like how much water you dispersed out of the tank um, and they measure all kinds of different things to figure out your body fat percentage. And I did not have this one on my notes, but there is one more way. Um, and that is this super, super fancy machine called a DEXA scan, which is actually basically like a full-blown kind of MRI of your body. Um, and it can calculate um, your bone mass, your muscle mass, your water, um, and your body fat for sure. And those are a little bit more prevalent. Um, I do have a local neighbor um, in my hood that works for DEXA and I'm trying to get one around here because I would love to do it. Um, but anyway, focusing on the body fat percentage, if you have access to calculating that, if not, no big deal at all, but more so focus on the waist to hip ratio. You can totally do that yourself at home with a $2 measuring tape um, and throw that BMI to the curb. <laughs> okay. So anybody out there who's listening to this that has been stressed about a certain number that their doctor said that they have to get to, I hope that this information allows you to take a deep breath and um, feel as if, you know, I say all the time, knowledge is power. So now that you have this knowledge about what the BMI scale means, I hope you feel empowered to care a little bit less about it and focus on those different methods that we talked about today. We are so close to launching the all new Balance app. Um, I don't have a date this second because of some of the issues going on with getting our app in the store. But um, if you haven't already, go ahead and go to www.christylangle.com slash sign up and you can use code let's do this for a free 30 day trial. The workouts are there live on our desktop version or the website, I should say. Um, everybody loves them already, but we are super excited to bring you the all new balance app to make the workouts even easier to 
should do at your home. Um, do it on your own at your own time. When you only have 30 minutes, you got to get it done and get on to the next thing. So code let's do this, christylangle.com slash sign up. I hope you guys um, feel great going into your Monday today, caring less about your BMI, and y'all have a great day. Bye, guys. Thank you.